Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 19 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, the crossover podcast we've all been waiting for is here as Tony Clark of the American West Ham podcast joins me talk about the West Ham loss to Wimbledon, the Arnautovic contract extension, and to preview the upcoming match against Wolves. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast. We're back for episode 19, and it's a very special episode. It's the long-anticipated uh, crossover with American West Ham podcast, at least part of us and part of them. Uh, we have Tony Clark here. Tony, how you doing? Doing great, man. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Glad to have you. It kind of worked out. Uh, we figured schedules would slowly start to disintegrate over time, and no time mm. like the present after that result uh, away at Wimbledon to, to get uh, to get together and, and start talking West Ham here. So um, we'll jump right into it. Uh, segment one is always the recap when it comes to the matches West Ham have played. And this one we, we all sort of maybe overlooked a bit. Uh, we certainly viewed it on our side here as good timing because West Ham didn't show up in their previous match, and... This was going to be sort of that momentum booster. They could get some players that are on the fringe, getting back into game shape, jumping back into the goals, and it turned out to be the complete opposite of that. Yeah, you know what? When I was looking at the lineup, and if uh, if anyone follows our podcast, it's West, West Ham Pod USA on Twitter. Uh, you could see I was very active this morning. And uh, one, one of the things that really annoys me about this lineup is this team still should have absolutely worked absolutely that, that that wimbledon our fringe players look looking at a i heard you said that when you do previous games that you combine the uh starting 11s to see who would start over who and, and not one of their players would get into this lineup no so zero of them. I, right so i don't i don't want to hear any excuses that oh he didn't pick the right team this, this team should have still waxed that wimbledon team absolutely actually it's a good thing it's a good point you brought up there about the combined 11 we didn't even bother doing one when it came to to this team because there's no point um that being said there's a few names that kind of stuck out for me anyways uh that i really liked how they how they played uh wagstaff obviously had two goals he looked great uh, almost like a second striker in the middle of the pitch uh, Pinnock, who played on the left side, but he was whipping crosses in. He looked really dangerous on set pieces as well. And uh, Nightingale, he looked really solid in sort of that central midfield, defensive midfield role. So uh, I guess it should be said. I totally agree with what you said about the team should easily have handled them. But hats off to Wimbledon because they stuck to their game plan, took it to West Ham, and pressured us the entire match. It, it, to 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 me, I, I agree. And, and the thing is, they they gave a hundred ten percent for ninety seven minutes. Yeah. So, so simple as that. Or, I mean, there was a point where I don't even think I I even said I, I don't need I didn't even realize Hernandez was playing. Yeah, I I saw that this morning actually. You're, you're oh like Hernandez played in this match because his picture was on the uh, uh, Wimbledon moves on post from from West Ham's Twitter. But it's a fair point. I don't. All he did he tried to he hit the post on a deflected shot early in the right. match and then he 
I guess he shot the ball that was saved and then Perez cleaned it up, but he was invisible in this match from start to finish. I just expect I expected a lot more from him. I thought this was going to be his game. Uh, I I expected a lot of these players to show up more. I guess if you're looking at the lineup, it's a lot of the players. I I, I we were talking about your article this morning about Deadwood. I'll get into that whenever you're ready. But <laughs> but, but looking at that lineup, these are guys that should be trying to press for the starting eleven. This is your opportunity, Adrian. You know <laughs> you don't get to play, my boy. And, and, and you had an absolute shocker. Oh, he he was so. I, constantly in no man's land. I don't know whether to come out. I don't know whether to stay in. When he comes out, he should have stayed in. When he stays in, he should have come out. It, it was just, it looked like a goalie who hasn't played, which he hasn't, but also looked like a goalie who hasn't trained for, for a certain amount of time. It was it was bad. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, playing Antonio at right back does not make sense for me in this match because, yes, we need to keep Zabaleta fresh because he's getting old. Um, could he have gone for a 45-minute run out? Yes, this game wasn't overly physical. Um, and it didn't really, it wasn't anticipated to be overly physical, but also I think Ryan Fredericks, who played, uh, Sam Ankersoll reported on it, played in a closed door or behind closed door, uh, match with the under 23s against Gillingham, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gillingham? And, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There we go. Never, no, 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 never heard you. it said out loud actually. <laughs> uh, and he, he played well and, and looked good. So why not start Fredericks? See if at halftime he thinks he can continue to go. Maybe make a late game substitution or a p- position uh, swap Antonio, who would already be on the pitch. To me, that was a, a weird calculation to start Antonio there, um, especially when we tend to concede goals early in matches. But nonetheless, Antonio actually was one of West Ham's better players, was he not? Yeah, and the thing about that is, uh, you're. I don't mean to be repetitive. I hope your your listeners don't turn <laughs> off, but. I, I'm I'm just speechless almost. I, I just I, the the thing about this game for me, and, and this is where I go on with Antonio, is I thought he was one of the better players, but but all of them, all of them should have absolutely showed up. I, I and then when we look at the subs, like you said, why don't we start Fredericks? You know, I don't think he expected to even play Anderson, Fredericks, and Perez. I think he expected no. to bring off Diangana. And put in Nathan Holland, and then put in Coventry at some point. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think he even expected to have to put in Anderson, and and it maybe Fredericks like, just just for getting more time under his belt, like put him right. in for the last half hour, or whatever, let him have a run up. But he clearly pulled the parachute at halftime and thought <laughs> if he had a fourth substitution, you know, Declan Rice was coming on for Pedro Obiang or or whatever the situation would have been because Obiang was atrocious. I I can't remember him playing that bad. No, no, and his give giveaway oh. was uh, was uh, symmetrical to uh, Carlos Sanchez in the Wolves game earlier <laughs> yeah, in the year. Very fair, yeah. Just a complete avenue down the middle of the pitch. But I, I was just to me a player who it doesn't make sense is not performing well when he's given these opportunities is Arthur Mazuaku. Right, he, he has an opportunity <laughs> here against lesser opposition. Just st- like speaking in clear terms here, they're at the bottom of League Two. Um, on paper, lesser opposition, a team that's going to try and probably play wide, stretch them out, but also is going to probably overcommit forward to take to, uh, to take their chances as they come. He has the opportunity to overlap. Snodgrass is a great mind going forward, and he, he can see the game really well, so he can sniff out those overlap passes, send them into some dangerous areas like we saw Felipe Anderson doing with uh, Ryan Fredericks later in the match. And mm-hmm. Mazuaku just looked absolutely abysmal, was actually given a yellow card for simulation, having 
uh, dived in the opponent's box. He offered zero on the pitch today. He, he, looked, he looked like a fan won an opportunity to play with the first team. It was ridiculous. It, the, the thing with Masawaku is he'll go on Instagram when someone gives him some <laughs> crap, right, and say, well, I'm not a defender. Okay, well, against that Wimbledon team, if you're not a defender, then you should have been attacking, even if you're playing left back. And, and, and quite frankly, he, he didn't even do anything going forward, just like you said. You should have been playing right off of Snodgrass. I, I mean, the, the final statistics when it comes to the match, it says that we had 67%. Now, I don't have the advanced stats what that first half was, but I, I felt like they absolutely battered us, honestly. I, I felt like the Carroll or Hernandez didn't even touch the ball, let alone the midfield. So Masawaku wasn't a defender. He wasn't an attacker. He was just stealing a live in this match. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And... I mean, you almost you'd like to see those performance uh, bonuses that tend to bump up players' weekly wages get used <laughs> to knock them down when they have a performance like that because there's there's no incentive to go out there and excel when you're collecting mass amounts of money for being mediocre at best, which he wasn't even that today. Um, I'm happy you brought up the stats there. Yeah, 67 percent did not feel like it. 478 passes opposed to 228 to Wimbledon, and you got to assume most of those were back passes to Adrian. Who would then wait too long, not send it down the field, put it completely out of bounds, try and chip their opposition, send suicide passes to his center backs, you name it, he was doing it. Uh, and I think a symptom of, because this back line, this back four, isn't, um, even with with Antonio, isn't, and it isn't um, so different from the starting 11. I mean, our two center backs are the same. Mazuaku's played half of the games this season. Antonio's been recently a right back option. So it's not a complete reserve team and they only caught Wimbledon offside one time. And <laughs> that is a, is a huge, I think red flag and finger that points at Adrian and net who doesn't really command his players at all. Actually, there was one, there was one point you can hear him. Uh, it was on a free kick to the right side of the box. He was screaming, Robert, 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 Robert at Snodgrass who was in the wall and Snodgrass turned around and looked at him and put his hands up. Like, what do you want? And he didn't say anything to him. So it, it just, just completely disheveled and, and, and not a unit today. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they just didn't even, they looked unorganized. They looked like half of them cared. And I hate to even say that, but they, they don't. And, and here, here's what winds me up the most about this, to be completely honest with you. You know, every, everyone says that football is a business, right? But the, you had 600, 700 West Ham fans absolutely claw at the teeth to try and get tickets because it was a small allocation go to 745 kickoff on a saturday which is also a mess but that's it is what it is <laughs> and you had all of us at home pay money to get the uh subscriptions here in america and do you have espn plus in canada uh we we can get it i believe yeah okay so or you had to somehow figure out how to watch yeah. right oh yeah it, we had the fans there trying to watch you had everybody at home watching putting the effort in and the players don't they 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 play like a bunch of twats and 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 i i just get so frustrated when we put in the effort and they don't they do not yep i i I completely agree there's there's so much involved in in uh being a supporter and you know either going to making arrangements to go out you know to to watch at a pub whatever or mm-hmm. to like us be at home, have maybe a, you know your afternoon cup of coffee or something like that. Even in the morning matches, God forbid Jeremiah and and uh, Jeff who are in Texas and Colorado, 
you oh, know, yeah. they're, they're waking up at five in the morning sometimes to catch these games and they're, and they're doing it. So, um, I've also, Jeremiah has also multiple times been, uh, streaming radio recordings of it or radio broadcasts of it while he's driving his car. So there's a lot that goes into it from the fan side. And it, it's just like you said, completely deflating when you don't see it mirrored. Now I want to get your opinion on this because we tend to be a pretty, um, 50-50 split on uh, the Green Street Hammer side here about our thoughts on Andy Carroll. I think he hasn't looked anywhere near himself since coming back this season, but um, to his defense in this match, he was given the ball in the air, I think, three times in the box, <laughs> and he won all three of those headers and laid them off. Uh, Hernandez once, who tried to karate kick the ball, and I think it went 30 yards over the net, and uh, a couple other times that uh, he went to back across on a corner kick as well. He won that header, went back across, and the ball came went to Snodgrass, who, who gave it away at the edge of the box. Uh, so there, there just seems to be no service when he's on the pitch, which is going to limit his effectiveness. And then when he's off the pitch, it feels like every single ball is across in the air that's trying to pick out, instead of Andy Carroll, it's trying to pick out Lucas Perez now, which is just not going to happen. Do you think that there's any sort of future for him beyond this season? And even within this season, is he going to start to fall out of favor with Pellegrini after not having success in recent weeks? You know, my, my thing with Carroll is you have to play to his strengths. And right now we have adjusted to a team that's not going to do that. You know, when when if you're going to play to his strengths, in my opinion, you need players whipping in crosses and you yeah. need him to s- tell him, keep you behind in the box. Stay up there. But he wants on the ball. I mean, how many times did we see him almost at the midfield circle trying to get on the ball? Yep. Completely Yo, fair. What, what are you doing? Get in the box. I'm, I don't want Andy Carroll trying to ping passes, you know. No. Or sometimes you'll see him in the corner running the ball down. No, get your ass in the box, yeah, man. Like, it, it, come where's on. Where's Javier Hernandez? He should be the guy doing that. Or Dean Ghana or Snodgrass. Get someone right. up there to, to, to chase that ball down. So, so to go on about you saying about his future, you know, I, I, honestly, I hope not because we're playing a different style now. You can see when Marco Nadovic is in and they're working the ball around. I mean, how often did you see Marco and Nasri playing off each other oh. or, or Marco and Anderson? And then imagine when we have Lanzini back and Yarmolenko back. This this is a much more skilled team now than a lump it to Andy Carroll, you know. I, I mean, as much as I love Matty Jarvis and Stuart Downing, and they they were they were perfect for whipping in crosses to Carroll. This is not that kind of team. Nope. Anderson can throw in a cross, but also that man can cut in and throw in a curl or two. So no, I, I'd like to see more Anatovich, <laughs> Maxi Gomez, <laughs> you know, and, and see we'll where we that. go from there. I think the Carroll experiment is done, and I think we're a different team now. Um, something maybe some of our uh, across the pond listeners are familiar with is um, maybe not, but Toronto Maple Leafs. They're they're my local mm-hmm. team, a team I fell fell in love with as a child living in Toronto or the Toronto Sorry area. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, hey, it's it's on the men now. Things are looking up. Um, but uh, something that happened a couple years ago was a complete rebuild from the studs up and and we got in a former nhl all-star and and hall of famer i believe brendan shanahan who rebuilt the team we got in the best free agent coach at the time which was mike babcock and what mike babcock did was he took the biggest eyesore in the toronto lineup which was their captain and quote-unquote number one defenseman dion phaneuf and he stuck him in all of the beneficial scenarios and out of all of the dangerous scenarios, pumped his tires in the media nonstop, 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 and ended up trading him because he increased his value by situationally using him. 
Uh, he, mm-hmm. he tra- traded him without having to retain salary for picks, prospects, and roster players, which was an unbelievable coup. That player has since been traded two more times and is like likely to get waived soon. Uh, all still on the same deal he had with Toronto. So I think this may have been something that Pellegrini was trying to do for uh, Andy Carroll in this January. Trying to show month. off the goods, you know. Play him against just... Wimbledon. Play him against whoever we played in the last round. I can't even remember that anymore. Uh, uh, Birmingham where he actually scored he probably should have had about a hat trick in that match if he had any sort of legs on him but uh should have scored last week yeah should have scored last week there's the opportunities were so close and I think the desire to move on from him is there and get something from him but I don't think Spurs were ever interested in him I don't think uh Turkey's interested in him Chelsea no so I understand the desire to use him but I think the moment that it switches from uh, January 31st to February 1st, Andy Carroll is all of a sudden, instead of second-choice striker, he's going to be fourth or fifth-choice striker because there's going to be nothing that he offers anymore. Easily. And the thing is, he, he's going to be gone in the summer. You know, I, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of these players that I, I think I want gone. But at the same time, I've, I've been thinking about Well, you know, we'll get into transfer stuff later. So we'll keep going about the game. You're, this is your podcast. What, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that you're looking forward to the next segment. And you know what? We can only we can only beat a dead horse for so long here. Um, this match was one to forget. Um, it's one that we won't forget. Uh, but it's it's one that, I mean, there's nothing to dwell on. We're kicked out of the FA Cup when we had probably one of the easiest matchups left in the uh, – on paper, anyways, in, in the tournament. So that's disappointing. I know that Pellegrini's disappointed. He said he was embarrassed by the team uh, and also stormed out after, quote-unquote, walked out after getting questions on Marco Arnautovic's new contract that was simultaneously released uh, afterwards. But we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll jump into that awful, awful timing. All right, we're back for segment two, and um, it's nothing we want to talk about. But ironically, two months ago, if this exact same thing happened, we would be over the moon, excited, overjoyed. But Marco Arnautovic signs a one-year contract extension with West Ham after an eventful day yesterday and the day before, uh, an eventful 24 hours, we'll call it, with the club. Uh, Apparently, the team was ready to move on from him. The team was ready to buy Maxi Gomez, loan him back to uh, Celtaviga for the rest of the season. They were ready to let him go to China. All of that has since changed or has taken a different outset, but plain and simple, Arnautovic has signed a one-year deal. Um, Tony, have you ever in your life seen worse timing than when this deal was announced? On, on, on top of the, on top of the worst timing for the deal, I, th- I think they believe that we're stupid from because from my understanding is they're just giving him more money because <laughs> I believe I read on Twitter today because you know Twitter's always correct. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> Uh, but Premier League rules is if you give somebody a con- uh, new more money, you're required to exp- extend the contract for one year. Yes. So I don't even think it's a it's a hey we're keeping him one extra year. It's hey we're giving him more money and we're required to give him an extra year. I believe X said that today, um, and it was it was X who was extremely credible, uh, who came up with that or or who who revealed that, and it was Sam Inkersoll who said it was a one year extension who originally broke the news. Um, after or just before the video came out, and it was also Kevin Slade of Sex, Drugs, and Carlton Cole who said this morning uh, or last night, depending on where you are in the world, um, an, an amended deal could also include uh, a concrete buyout clause in it. So if Arnautovic didn't have a buyout clause, which it didn't appear that he 
that he did from rumors of his transfer link. He could have one now set at $45 million and basically the club saying, you want him, come and get him. So um, that could be smart business as well. It seems uh, the rumors on Twitter say that it's an incentive-based contract. So you're going to essentially, we know that he's not motivated by, by an honor, integrity, or loyalty. So if you're going to add more money to it on an incentive basis, maybe this is actually a good deal. Um, but the people who are delusional and saying, uh, Marco Arnautovic and Maxi Gomez together up top next season is going to be incredible. <laughs> they need to give their head a shake. Um, yeah, no. It's just it's just all but but written on the wall here that he's gone. Is it not? I, I want him gone. Me too. I, I I'd have him gone tomorrow. And and, and for for me, I would rather. And this is I don't know. I'm curious to see what if how what the percentage is. I I don't care about success. You know, I, w- I want to do well. I want to finish top seven. I want to finish top half. I want to finish top 13. But I would rather have 11 guys and a full squad of people who want to play for the badge, play for the shirt, than, than, or, or at least show that they do because we know football is a business, than a guy who's just going to throw a throw a strop and just it, – it just uh, long story short, if you don't want to be here, leave. Yep. Simple as that. I, I don't know why I'm going in circles. I don't want to waste time. If you don't want to be here, leave. I'd rather have less success, win less games, than screw around with somebody who doesn't want to be here. I don't follow West Ham for success. I follow West Ham for you know the West Ham way, the, the West Ham family, seeing my friends, meeting people like you. That's why I follow West Ham. So for you to run around here and cry and then beg for more money and try to force yourself a move, you can F off. Get out. I'll wipe a tear away from my eye here on that sentimental note, but I, I think that's completely true. I would rather start a game with 11 Mark Nobles in my first team than a team mm-hmm. that has one Marco Arnautovic in it simply right now because of all this. He comes out and then says a, sends a message on his Instagram that says, um, don't believe anything unless it's coming from me or the club. Are we supposed to believe your brother, who's your agent and your representative, that you're going to China to chase trophies? It just doesn't make sense to me, so stop lying or trying to spin this story your way it doesn't make sense so uh as far as i'm (laughs) concerned any sort of story any sort of um you know video was a bad idea this should have been announced on the 31st when it was confirmed arnautovic is staying at the club done and dusted i understand he probably probably has to be in effect before then because if he scores and you know gets more incentive money against wolves suggesting that he plays uh then you know that has to be on paper but it, to me it's just it's just such poor timing poor pr um forget about you know getting rid of deadwood players like get rid of some deadwood pr people because there, there seems to be nothing <laughs> that, that goes right here um now arnautovic i think is as good as gone when it comes to the summer and i think you're of that same belief um Let's talk about replacements here and try and look towards the future as an exciting time to be a West Ham supporter. Let's all also be reminded that this is year one of a three-year plan from Pellegrini. And I think inheriting Arnautovic was great. Uh, We've seen now how negative that can be. So it's time for Pellegrini to put his spin on the team, get rid of this big money earner, and bring someone else in. And it seems like that's that's Maxi Gomez. Are you convinced with uh, Maxi Gomez's ability to play in the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Maxi Gomez. I think the interesting thing about him is he's in the top five scoring in La Liga on a team that's in a relegation side. And <laughs> the funny thing about Celta Vigo is uh, they have two players, Iago Aspas as well, in the uh, former Liverpool guy, in the top five as well. 
and they're still in a relegation battle. So either they can't defend or those are the only two guys who can score. But either way, that means um, Maxi Gomez is scoring. He's young. Barcelona's looking at him too. I, I, the only thing I could say is I would wish Pellegrini could ask the uh, uh, the Davids if they could have their summer money earlier, get this get this over the line now before other teams come knocking on the door. Yeah, a loan against your own club, basically, to buy him now, loan him back to Celta Vigo, let him let him play the rest of the season there, try and sort of... You, you may be also able to negotiate down his value if you say, listen, we'll leave you your firing forward here and like help you stay up in, in the league, give you that sum of money so you can reinvest in the summer and stay alive and, and sort of rebuild your team on it, which I think is fair, um, but I agree. If, if it could get done now, that would be great. And yeah, with, I was thinking, what if ahead, you sorry. could build? Yeah, 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 what if you could build in, like you said, uh, almost a bonus that if they stay up, you know, <laughs> you you give it, we'll loan them back for free because usually it's a loan you pay a loan fee, right? Yeah. Okay, so what if we loan them back for free, but if they stay up, <laughs> then they have to give us X amount of million. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you basically have to pay a, a loan fee after it's been a successful right. loan for you, which is interesting. I, I mean. People are so stuck in their ways. I think West Ham would be willing to to waive a loan fee on this just to make sure it can happen this this year. Um, but I think Maxi Gomez, from all sources, it appears that he's uh, Pellegrini's number one target to replace him. Luka Jovic is another one, but he's you know he may be even more expensive than this. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few more names that have been out there. Any thoughts on Bellotti of Roma? Ah. Uh... On it, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. This is probably bad content for your podcast. Okay. But I, I don't I don't I don't do much. To be honest with you, I don't do much transfer hunting other sure. than what I uh, peek on Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm under the impression I'm a fan who you know I love West Ham, but I'm I'm always under the impression of it is what it is. Mm. You know I, I guess it's like I said bad content to spec to not speculate. But uh, if there's a move that's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. If it's not, it's not. And until a deal is signed or until I see X and uh, Talk Sport and Sky Sports and all these other bogus magazines talking about it, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't really even look into potential potential uh, how do I say this replacements. Yeah, I, I understand that as well. And as it stands right now, I don't think there's going to be anyone brought in in January. Um, there was the the guy I think is Neil Maupai Maupai He's a French center forward on Brentford, and X revealed that West Ham are looking at a couple different players from Brentford. So perhaps that's a, another player that you buy and loan back to the club, or buy and bring in right away. But uh, it'll be the summer where we have to get maybe a little bit more excited about these players and focus on them a little bit more. But there's also another name that did come up from Celta Vigo, and that is. Stanislav Lobotka. He's a defensive mm-hmm. midfielder, 24 years old, Slovakian, and apparently he wants to play with Pellegrini, which is, again, the Pellegrini effect. If you want to believe the rumor, the Pellegrini effect already starting. He's probably looking at Celta Vigo sitting in 17th in La Liga right now, just outside, one point outside of the relegation zone, and saying, okay, if if things go you know belly up here, Maybe you know help a team climb up the Premier League standings who are relegation safe. We'll call it this season, and you know looking to move forward. Maybe I can go there under a legendary league-winning manager who's who's done it in La Liga, who's done it in the Premier League, uh, who's collected his millions in China. Maybe he's a guy I can sort of work with, become the next Yaya Torre type player. 
Um, so that's that's promising as well. He's going to be expensive, apparently. Transfer market has its value at 22.5 million pounds. Um, we'll see. Uh, who knows what it gets inflated to if you knock money off by buying two players from them, whatever it may be. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, maybe what's more important and something that you and I can both talk about with more, maybe, I don't want to say more knowledge, but certainly more information on as it stands right now is the players you would like to see leave the club in the summer. Mm. Um, let's start up top with the strikers. We currently have five. Uh, we have Andy Carroll, Lucas Perez, Javier Hernandez, Marco Arnautovic, and Zande Silva. We'll, we'll consider him a, a forward here as well. Um, of that group, how many are going to be here on September 1st? Oof, Silva. That, that, that's, a, that's a given. You know, I... I... Hernandez can go to LAFC or back to Spain. You know, Carroll, if, if there's any of them, I'm going to keep it Silva and Hernandez. But Hernandez would have to agree to be a, a, a role player, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure he's ready to do that. Um, Perez, he, he's been hit or miss. He had a game where he scored the two off the bench, but then he's had, uh, was it the Brighton game where he was shocking the first half, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's... He's so hit or miss where he's not going to play every week. So I don't have – and then Arnautovic is gone, right? I think that's as good as gone, yeah. And Carroll's right. expired. I don't think he's getting extended either. Right. So you have Arnautovic gone, Carroll gone. Hernandez, if he agrees to as a role player because he obviously hasn't shown that he's going to be our striker, which is sad because I think he has the talent. So he could be as good as gone. Silva I don't think is ready to start in the Premier League week to week and be that – 10 15 goal striker so we're gonna have to make moves for so when you're asking me who's gonna stay i think the only one's gonna be silva i don't think hernandez is gonna want to stay yeah silva's 21 right now as well so he'll be 22 probably by the time the season starts which is a good time to sort of dip your foot into the premier league he should see more game time i assume by the end of the season as pellegrini is gonna probably invest in him as being the only guy under contract or wanting to play here so um, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I agree with you, though. Hernandez supposedly has a, uh, a deal on the table to go to Spain for $8 million, but West Ham want 14 That was the rumor floating around before the match yesterday. I don't know if you're going to get 14 for him, especially if he no. continues to play the way he's playing. So The, the thing with, with Hernandez, though, I do want to add, is his salary is what bothers me. Mm-hmm. It's not really him. I think he would be a great role player and and guy to have around, but not when you're the highest paid player on the team. So when we're looking at all these players leaving, we're going to have to bring in our marquee striker, which, again, I think is going to be Maxi Gomez, which I hope it is, unless someone hijacks it. But we're also going to need to bring in another role-playing backup striker who could come in in a pinch or an injury. But we're going to need that role-playing striker as well, and it's it's not going to be Silva. He's our youngster striker. We need that rotation guy. You know what I mean? Hey, maybe it's Tony Martinez who scored for Lugo in his first match against his former team that he got transferred out of to get sent to Lugo. He scored uh, the first goal, I think, 24 minutes in. Uh, maybe he's got a future, although I think that's fleeting, and I don't think Jordan Hugo is going to be uh, an option anymore coming out to the bubbles. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the sentiment of – I think another thing that gets lost for Javier Hernandez as well is he wasn't starting for – Manchester United and he wasn't starting for Real Madrid he was this impact sub who'd come on clean up some goals with an exceptional team behind him feeding him the ball in the box so 
maybe it's a mental thing with him where he doesn't want to be the same role for West Ham, who is not Real Madrid or not Manchester United, but mm-hmm. his age is caught up with him. His skill has, has clearly dropped uh, over time as it does or deteriorated, I guess is more PC way of saying it. Um, I just, he, he's never been that start him up top. You know, he'll, he'll take control of the game. He's been that hyena that cleans up the scraps in the box. So, Maybe it's a reality check for him as well, and he just isn't going to be that reliable guy that we need. When it comes, you to want the... to know something? Can oh, I jump in ahead. here real quick talking about Hernandez because it, it caught me off guard here. I, I was just looking up his goal stats, right? Mm-hmm. And this is league only, okay, folks, uh, not cups or anything, just league only. When he was in with Manchester United in the Premier League, he his first season he went thirteen goals, twenty seven games, but. 10 goals, 28 games, 10 goals, 22 games, 4 goals, 24 games, you know. Uh, when he was on loan with Real Madrid, 7-23. and 23. When he was at Bayern Munich, this is his his outlier, 17-28. and 28. <laughs> But he was 11-26, and 26, and then with us, 8-28. and 28. So, and right now he's 4 for 15. So he's practically on pace to be 8 for 28. He's... Looking at it, other than that one crazy season with Bayern Leverkusen when he was 17 goals in 28 games, he really hasn't lit it up as much as I used to think he did. And I think that is the mentality that comes with uh, that the mentality that comes with you know a guy coming off the bench. Okay, he's he's putting he's getting 90 minutes, but it's over three games or four games, and he's right. scoring in two of those. So you know you you sort of get that inflated opinion on him. Um, as far as the rest of the team goes, I think one of the left backs has to go. It's probably going to be Mazuaku. Um, attacking options on the wing, maybe a left-sided attacker for the bench. But if Nathan Holland can sort of continue to grow, maybe that's him. Maybe he has a loan in his future. Um, do you think Holland can can make the jump? Uh, I haven't seen enough. To, uh, I haven't. I haven't seen enough to to say yes. You know, I, I don't. I don't see why not. But. I think he's been somewhat impressive, but again, I don't watch the U23s and I don't go to training, so that's it's just all speculation. But when I, when I look at our attacking options, we we're gonna have zero strikers. But think about our 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 attacking mids and and wingers for a second. Outside, you have Anderson, Snodgrass, Yarmolenko, Diangana in the middle, Nazri and Lanzini. I mean, those are all very, very good players. So I, I'm not worried about that. I'm my biggest concerns right now is the outside backs, the center mid, and then our striker. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I wanted to move to center mid here because there's some holes, we'll say. Maybe just one hole. And that's the cemented solid starting midfield role beside Declan Rice. He is an exceptional talent. I don't even want to talk about him in the same breath as transfer news for the (laughs) sake that we conjure up some bad thing that's going to happen. So it doesn't appear that Mark Noble is going to be the 90-minute man that he used to be for the club, but he is nevertheless an incredibly important figure in the club coming off the bench, organizing the team, whether it be on the the pitch or in training. Mm -hmm. Obiang is as good as gone. He wants to leave. I don't think the club want him here anymore, but there's no viable backup, quote unquote. Well, showing by that performance yesterday, Oof. Jesus Christ! He's playing I... to leave. Yeah, exactly. And then when it comes to the next option up, that would be Jack Wilshere, who, as far as I'm concerned, is too unreliable due to his injuries to sort of bank on him starting at any point in time. So if he's fit <laughs> and he's able to play, that's a bonus on top. But you can't rely on that. So there needs to be that cemented number one midfield option. Do you have any sort of 
I mean, it doesn't feel like Connor Coventry is going to be that guy. It doesn't feel nope. like uh, Josh Cullen. Nope. No. Nope. You know, and I, I wish Josh Cullen was there yesterday. I would have much rather see Cullen or, or even Coventry. I, I would have rather saw anybody else in the midfield than than Obiang. But uh, I, I mean, I don't want to whip up the stuff that in the last segment. But I don't think it's Pellegrini who who fought for that game. No. But. I, I would have liked to see some them play harder than they did, and maybe that could have been uh, Coventry or Cullen. But when it agreed, we're going to need somebody else in the midfield to sit with Declan Noble. Love him. He's not going to be able to start every game anymore. He will come in. I think when we play big teams, well, we need three um, midfielders to to lock it down right in front of the back line. Yeah. But in, in reality, you know, they're gonna if they're gonna spend big money, it should be on a striker who's gonna bang in goals because Arnautovic is leaving. But I think they really need to invest in in a center mid that can be box to box. Declan is not a box to box because. He's great at filling holes and putting in tackles, but as we can see, he scored his only <laughs> his <laughs> first goal finally uh, against Arsenal. We need a guy who can also bang it in as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, Fellaini may be an option. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't have David Moyes anymore. Um, but yeah, there, there's that's not of a options. bad option though. I, he, no, I'm going to disagree. Oh god, I, I don't. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a bad option. Let me look up his age real quick, and. I mean, that guy scores goals. He's big enough to make tackles. He wins headers. He's 31 years old. I don't think that's a bad option. Oh, man. Tony, what are we doing here? Uh, I thought you didn't like to hypothesize on who was going to be coming in on transfer times. You know what? Uh, this is this is what I hypothesize. And then I have one more uh, transfer I wish we I wish we would have looked at more, except he signed for uh, Bordeaux the other day, uh, Josh, Josh Maja from uh, Sunderland. A th- young striker as well. Yeah, I think that that may be a missed opportunity, but I also think he probably had a, a bit of an attitude problem. So I think so. Going to struggle in France for a bit may be what he needs to sort of straighten him out. And he's a London boy, so he'll come back to West Ham when he's 34 years old, looking to clean up on a nice retirement contract. So we'll see him. I, I'm, I have no doubt in that. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's take our crystal balls away here and we'll clean up this segment and we'll jump into the next one which will be our look ahead to the wolves match all right the final segment is always our look ahead to the next match and our preview this one is a midweek premier league matchup with wolves one of the most uh impressive promoted sides we've seen in recent history but also one of the most unpredictable teams we've seen this season they look great against the top teams and then they look uh, a little bit more human against the mid to low table teams. Uh, Wolves is are coming off of a bit of a tough stretch here. Uh, they had lost to Crystal Palace, then they beat Liverpool in the FA Cup, lost three nil to Man City after that, where Willie Bowley, their one of their terrific centre backs, got a red card, which means he'll miss this match coming up against West Ham. Uh, they, <laughs> they then beat Wol- uh, Leicester 4-3, and then yesterday drew Shrewsbury 2-2. Shrewsbury, West Ham fans know, can be a tough side. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they drew them, I think, in extra time. It was pretty incredible. Shrewsbury was up, so uh, a lot of drama there. But Wolves, uh, they're they're an impressive team. They're sitting eighth right now, uh, 32 points. Uh, again, just one point up on West Ham. And considering West Ham's awful start to the season, I think that's more uh, shining a positive light on the hammers there than anything else. Do you fancy West Ham to get a result, uh, even with all of the chaos that's surrounding the club right now? 
Oh, see, and this is tough because West Ham right now is uh, eleven to four on uh, on the odds. So uh, I I think it's I think it's going to be tough. I, I'm usually tr- the one to try and stay positive. However, looking at the table, I mean, this is really going to define our season. We're sitting 10th on 31. They're sitting 8th on 32. And Europe is with Watford at 33 points. And if I am correct, let me click on Watford here. They play Spurs on Wednesday. So ugh, I hope to hate saying it. I hope Spurs win that game. So, again, this is almost our, what, fifth or sixth opportunity now to try and uh, get into seventh place, and I hope we don't bottle it. So I, I think I think we go guns blazing, and if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But uh, I hope I hope we go for it. I don't want to sit back and sit, sit on a draw. I, I think wolves are for the taking. Yeah, I I want to agree with that as well. Um, I think the biggest, and it's pretty obvious, but the biggest factor in this match is whether Arnautovic has his head on straight. He knows he's not going to China. He's not leaving anytime soon. And apparently his new deal is incentive heavy, so get out there. It's time for an Arnautovic masterclass, and everyone calls him the bastard. Love him or hate him, he's a bastard. Bastard move, whatever, whatever, whatever. Term of endearment, sure, but right now it's not really. Prove to us that you're willing to just do your job. It's such a bare minimum, but just do your job in this match. Score some goals, put some in. Wolves are going to be a little bit weaker without that center back Willy Bully there. This should be the last game he misses, but yeah, it's, it's one that... It's a match that's, like you said, it's defining for the season, I think. Now, we like to sort of do a combined 11 with the teams here. And it's tough with Wolves because they play that three-center-back system without uh, any sort of, you know, flat-back-four structure to it. But let's have a look and and see if we can actually make a solid team here. Because I think we actually could have a pretty ridiculous team if we combined our side with theirs so i want to see your opinion on this yeah um, let's go let's do this all right so we always start from the back so the keeper Rui patricio or lucas fabianski who do you have starting in that one? Oh, see and, and to me that's a tough one because i've always thought highly of, of Rui patricio uh when he was with his time at uh sporting portugal and i think that was a big grab for them um that's that's tough. I think right now it's got to be Fabianski still. I, I'm going to be a homer here, and uh, I'm going to go with Fabianski because he's just in top form. Whether we have the clean sheet rate or not, he he has to have more saves. I mean, we get pelted all the time, yeah, and he, he pulls does. stuff he, he out of his season. behind. So I, I'm going to go with Fabianski over Patricio, but that's a close one. I think that's got to be the closest one out of any of them. We, we actually – it's been sort of a runaway Fabianski. We comb over it usually when it comes to the combined 11. But this one I think is close too because Patricio played really well. He stopped Arnautovic twice, I think, who was in alone on him when uh, Wolves mm-hmm. beat West Ham early this season. And, yeah, he's just a professional guy who does a job really, really well. Not too young, not too old, right in that sweet spot of his career. Looks good. Comes from a good pedigree. I agree. Uh, it's close, but if we're going on recent form, Fabianski's the one who's got to take it there. Yeah, I agree. And they play with uh, three center backs, two wing backs, so we can uh, we can sort of give ourselves uh, we can give ourselves some space here to to finagle around. But we'll say a flat back four is what we'll play with. Um, so we'll start with the center backs here: Ogbonna, Diop, and then we can pick from. <laughs> Bennett, Cody, or Sayas. I You did tell me, pre that you weren't too familiar with their team, but I can imagine you'd be willing to roll the dice on one of their three center backs over Ogbonna. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the the center backs because I don't know Wolves okay. well enough. I, I, uh, one thing, folks, if you listen to our podcast as well, I'll <laughs> you're, you'll be the first to know that I don't lie. I just tell you I don't know, and I'll figure it out later. Uh, I'm not gonna throw out some random information. <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely picking Diop though out of any of their center backs, and then I will let you pick the other center back if we're going flat back four. I would pick Willie Bully, but he's suspended, so he. I think he's been really exceptional this year and is, you know, integral to their team having success. Um, but I'm going to go with Cody, uh, C O A D Y, uh, Cody, who's anchoring their back three right now. Uh, he's been impressive along with Bully this season, so I think he would be a safe bet to round that one out. Um, as far as left back, right back, I think left back they don't have anyone who can who can touch. I'm uh, sorry, right back they don't have anyone who can touch. Uh, Pablo Zabaleta, who Agreed. I believe will get probably relieved should there be a, a substitution left in the game to get Fredericks back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Zabaleta is a, a no-brainer there. And their left back, Vinegra, Vinegar, whatever you want to pronounce his name as. Again, I, I am not uh, too well-versed in, in pronunciations here of names. But uh, I, I think on recent Was it form, Ruben Vinegra here? Yeah, exactly. I, I think in recent form... It's got to be Aaron Cresswell, which sounds crazy thinking of where he was at the start of the season, but he's been very reliable on both ends of the of, of the ball and both sides of the pitch. You know, Cresswell has really impressed me. I'm gonna jump in here, and he he got a lot of a shtick this year from myself included. And then we almost got uh, – then we had trouble with uh, Masawaku all over the place too. And it almost became a U.S. 2016 presidential <laughs> election. Who's the worst of the two uh, or who's the better of the lesser of two evils? Let's yeah. put it like that. And uh, I was like, man, I don't want Cresswell, but I don't want uh, Masawaku either. But, you know, here we are. And Cresswell's stepped up and almost back to old form where you're like, dang, this guy's a, a hell of a left back. So – and he's English, which helps. So I'm going Cresswell. Yeah, I'm I'm hard pressed to to fight you on that one. Um, for formation wise, let me just I'll just push this through here, and we're gonna go four, two, three, one. We'll play West Ham's formation. Um, so in your defensive midfield pairing, you have the choices of West Ham's Declan Rice, Mark Noble, or Pedro Obiang going up against the middle three on Wolves of Leander Dendonker, a name we're familiar with. Jao Moutinho and, and uh, Neves. So if you had to pick two out of that pair, who are you picking? Well, I'm definitely picking Ruben Neves. Not a, not a, not a doubt in my mind there. Um, so it's Ruben Neves, Noble, Obiang, and uh, Rice. How about Neves and Rice? I like that. I like that. I, I think for me, I'm going to pick Rice, obviously. Um, you know, it's my favorite start, so I might as well pick him in the midfield too. Uh, and maybe I would put on, I think Ruben Neves is terrific, but Jao Moutinho pulls the strings in this team really well, that fair, sort of fair. veteran presence. And I think, um, I think he'd be good at sort of taking a step up out of that defensive role and pushing people around. And then you get to have your attacking midfielder sort of play as a number 10 almost and, and up a little bit more in the striker position. So I like that. I like that look there too. And I think that's a solid, a solid pick. What's kind of funny is everyone was putting stock in West Ham buying Leander Dendonker from Anderlecht <laughs> last season, and now he's just getting minutes now for Wolves, and this team's so solid in the midfield that he hasn't pushed, and you know he he's he looks to be maybe uh, not the one that got away, but rather maybe a, a dodge bullet here. But who knows? He may, yeah, he's, I'm he's agree young. with that. 
and, and this goes back to if if again if you're wondering why I don't just randomly throw why I don't like throwing names out there because I don't watch League League One in France. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, Den Docker, greatest midfielder in the world, blah, 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 as some of these people were doing. And now they look dumb on Twitter because y'all <laughs> talked all this stuff about how you think that, oh man, the board has no ambition not going for Den Docker. Well, my boy then can't even get into this wolf side. So eh, I'm, I don't I don't like when people talk about stuff they don't know because you just he, he hasn't worked out as as Wolves expected. So or maybe they did and he's just a rotation player and all these people thought he would be a starter for us. Yeah, people just get sort of swept up in the excitement of a new player. We're seeing it with sure. with um, Naxi Gomez now too. Right, this guy right. is having one good season. He's very young. Who knows if he he will regress, if he'll struggle in in the Premier League when he comes here. But everyone's willing to spend forty five million that isn't their own on a player who is essentially a question mark. So, I guess you put your faith in the manager. Pellegrini wants him. That's good enough for a lot of people, and, and myself included. So, yeah, it's I all agree. a gamble, anyways. And we both agree that we're not good at gambling. Um, <laughs> now we'll go to the attacking midfield role here, and you picked Ruben Neves in that in that holding position. Um, he maybe maybe viable here as well, but so could João Moutinho. Um, so between Neves, Moutinho, uh, and uh, for us, Samir Nazri, who would you put uh, in the middle of that pitch in the attacking spot? Well, if we had this game maybe a month ago, I wouldn't be picking Nasri because, you know, he wasn't even on our team. He was just in training. Uh, I'm still going to pick Neves. He's been he's been more – because you put uh, Moutinho in the, deeper in the midfield, so I'm going to pick in the attacking midfield uh, Neves there over Nasri. But my question for you, since you get to ask all the questions, is huh. would you pick uh, Neves or at full strength Lanzini? I think I would take Lanzini because I'm a homer, like you said before. No, because we all know that the jewel can can turn up and shine pretty much as bright as anyone. And, you know, as good as Ruben Neves is, uh, he's not attracting Liverpool attention and attention from some titans across Europe as Lanzini was. He's not playing beside uh, Lionel Messi and joking around with him in the box. So... I think there's something special about him. He has the ability to turn. When there's when there's zero options, somehow mm-hmm. Lanzini with his back to the net turns and all of a sudden there's this big burst of space and speed from him. So he has that sort of next level ambition. Uh, Dave Walker always says he doesn't show up when like on a consistent basis, which is frustrating. Hopefully this injury will make him, you know, re- reevaluate things and, and sort of refocus. And I think at full strength, there, there are a few attacking midfielders that are better than him. For now, I'm going to take Samir Nasri just off the basis of having him for a full 90 minutes with Arnautovic, not just 20. Could be something to uh, to really watch when it comes to this match. Can I, can I jump in? Can we talk about Lanzini for two mm. more minutes here? Because jump in, yeah. Uh, yeah, because so rumor has it that he's in training now, non-contact. And uh, he he will be back maybe late February, early March, which I'm hoping it's late February because I'll be at uh, the Newcastle game in March. And uh, I, I want to say when the, the argument that he doesn't show up half the time, when he was playing with Dimitri Payet, he showed up a lot of the time because he had somebody to play off with a lot of skill. Imagine what Lanzini – then you know how he was kind of poor in and out last season when we really needed him to shine. But – he didn't have 
last season, uh, Felipe Anderson. He didn't have a Yarmolenko. He didn't have uh, Nasri to play with. He didn't have as strong of a Declan Rice. He didn't have a, this new Marco Nadovic, you know. Uh, I think with this team that we have now, I think Lanzini will be an absolute star if his ankle holds up, his yeah. Achilles. Yeah, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find a reason that that wouldn't work out the way you just described it there. Um, he, he's an exceptional talent, and like you said, he's one of those players that potentially can turn up with more uh, regularity when it comes to having better players to play alongside him. So I, I agree with that sentiment as well. Um, now for strikers here. Oh, sorry, we'll, we'll just what I wanted to do was do a full line of forwards here. So your left side, your center, your right side, uh, we're going to be able to only pick three. You can put, pick them wherever your heart desires. Tony, I will not hold it against you. Um, but the options for this will be, uh, Mikel Antonio, Marco Arnautovic, Felipe Anderson, Raul Jimenez, and Diego Jota. Who do you play across the front with your three forwards? It's like team of the season on FIFA where it's like, you you have, four defenders and they can all be center backs if you want we're just picking all of our forwards here together three of them out of that group of five. Oh goodness me well you have to pick felipe anderson okay that's a given there yeah slot him in um raul jimenez six goals and 23 matches for wolves uh i think i'm still gonna go marco nadovich over him however uh jolta let's see what his scoring rate is he has 5 and 18, and he had 17 and 44 last season, but at the same time, that was in the championship. But Jolta's young. So I think I'm going to go Jolta, Arnautovic, and Anderson. Yeah, if we're picking on recent form, too, Jolta's coming off of a hat trick uh, against uh, Leicester. So that's something that's extremely, extremely enticing, picking on recent form. Jimenez would be the perfect guy to replace Arnautovic off the bench to sort of come in for that final 30. But I agree. Arnautovic, there's just too much upside. Um, I think he's going to be motivated to sort of show everyone that he's ready to play football again after his fissy fit. So I agree with that. I, I think I'm going to go Felipe on the left. Uh, in the middle, you're going to have Marco. And on the right, Diego Jota. Mix them up however you will, but that's a, a pretty solid front three there. And you know what, Tony? I think we have a league-winning side here. <laughs> we can we can sort of wash our hands. Job's done. Um or at least seventh. At least seventh. I don't I, know about league winning. I'm, I'm going to go with seventh. We have a team that's going to just be knocking on the door to Europe as hard as they can. Will they get there? Will they not? Who knows? Um, and actually, here's one that we never really do when it comes to the predicted 11. Who would you have as the manager? Pellegrini or Nuno? Nuno, sorry. Oh, goodness me. I think they're two you of the what? best managers outside of the top six. So, Yeah, you know what, though? You know what though? I, I'm still I'm still going with uh, with Pellegrini. You know, so he, Nuno uh, he did Wolves, Porto, Valencia, and uh, Rio Ave. Uh, still very young, 45 compared to Pellegrini's 92. Uh, but uh, I have I have no. I'm going to go with Pellegrini just on the pedigree. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the Pellegrini effect is in full full effect here and, and Nuno's had more time with Wolves to sort of know the team and he's done great with it so uh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Pellegrini he's just I will, on the I will say better. about that Wolves side though the the thing that would concern me the most and this is what I kind of like about Pellegrini's team though um is, is he's mixed it up throughout the world 
you know, uh, he has his English players, but he has it's a nice spectacle of who's from where. Mm-hmm. I think this 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 Wolves side is is obviously very Portuguese heavy with the Portuguese manager, and that that would concern me a little bit. I I like when there's a a, a nice mix of players. I I wouldn't go heavy on one nationality. Just it's just that's just a me thing because if you ever need to get rid of your manager, and then you bring in an English manager or a <laughs> Or a French manager, and you have a team of Portuguese, you might be in some issues. So I like what Pellegrini's done. I like how he's built the team so far. I like that the Davids are giving him a little bit of investment. So kudos to them, as it seems that I get uh, slated on Twitter fairly often. Oh, I'm for with give, you on that one, man. Just for give giving people props where it's due. Too. Yeah, I don't. I never said I like them, but I'm not going to just tell them they're they're crap. I'm not going to ignore their hundred million investment they gave to a new manager, which is clearly a next level manager either. That seems ridiculous. They'll still be mad about that. So uh, I don't know. And then the, the other, no, no, well, I don't even know what that was. The annoying thing about the cup though, is I believe because someone just texted me. So I'm looking at the score now. Did palace beat Spurs two nil just right now. Right. Like, come on, man. So Spurs are out. A lot of big teams are out. And we're, we're now we're out. So West Ham ended on a sad note. Yeah, geez, that was deflating. You should have I just know. trailed off. We just had this great podcast, <laughs> nice collab, and uh, somebody texted me that Palace beat Spurs, and it, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little mad right now. And if we draw Millwall on Monday, I, I'm gonna go eight. I'm gonna be <laughs> so furious. Um, so basically West Ham needs to finish seventh and city Chelsea or United need to win the FA cup. That way seventh is a European spot. West Ham transfers, uh, the ever polarizing West Ham transfers account has come up with that. So, um, that's very true. And Tony, it's always a ceremonial for us to make a completely irrational, uh, and you know, not well thought out game prediction, uh, for the upcoming Wolves match. Uh, give us your score prediction. Tell us who's going to score. And, uh, if you got West Ham or Wolves coming away with a result here. Uh, I think that we actually do win. I really do believe that. I think it's time that we turn it around. I think that it's, we get a good away result. You know, our last few results on the road. Let's see if I click matches here. Lost to Bournemouth away. Let's see, Brighton was at home, but we lost to Burnley, beat Southampton, and beat Fulham. But Southampton and Fulham are at the bottom. Wolves are tougher, closer to Bournemouth. We lost those games, but I think it's time we turned around. I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go 1-0 gutsy win. All right, I'm going to say 2-1, really, really tense win. Uh, I say Arnautovic gets both. And he's, I, I know, I, I, believe me, this is not me backing him, supporting him, but he's here to do a job, and I think he's going to try and do that job. Uh, like we said, motivated by money, which apparently his new deal is really focused on. So I'm going to have my number nine Arnautovic jersey on, um, just out of begrudging sort of hope that it may, maybe somehow factors into the football universe here. Uh, but Tony, I would like to thank you. For jumping in on the collaboration here, uh, really appreciate it. Can't wait to for us to feature on your guys' podcast in the near future. Uh, give us the give us the schedule that you guys are recording on. Give us the Twitter accounts. Give us everything that you got there for the American West Ham podcast. Okay, see that's the that's the problem because this part is usually where I have Brawley do it because I always jack it up. <laughs> uh, 
so I'm looking it up now <laughs> real quick. Uh, if you want to follow me, though, it is Tony Clark Dupe, and that's D-O-O-P, and that's from uh, my MLS days, which I still love the Philadelphia Union, even though they're an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, you can follow us on our podcast. The American West Ham podcast is at West Ham Pod USA. Uh, you can follow Brawley at Brawley Darbin, and then um, – you could shoot us an email at West. You know what? Don't shoot us an email because honestly, I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, either go way, to Twitter. go to just go to Twitter and shoot us a DM if you want. Uh, I really appreciate coming on here. This was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I think we're going to record Monday night and have ours up Tuesday morning, and uh, hopefully get you guys on not this week but next week if people are available, and then. Uh, because I want to return the favor on the collab because this was a great time. New perspective. Awesome. Yeah, happy to hear it, man. Thank you for coming on again. And uh, let's hope for a result the way it wolves. Come on, you irons. Irons. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.